0: All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So, today, as always, we bring on new guest co-hosts. And I'm excited because this, this young lady has been around the block as far as PR and exposure. I mean, she's been on probably almost every major TV network, I think. We'll have to talk about that because I love all the logos on her website. We'll do some screen sharing for the video feeds today as well, too. But as a reminder of our newer listeners, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle I have a feeling she's probably gonna be able to hit on all three of those domains and and align with me on the importance of balancing those uh but let's let me give you a quick little skinny on her she's gonna be our guest host today she's got a phd all right she's highly sought out for celebrity addiction therapy okay we'll talk about life coaching recovery coaching uh, I'm a, I'm a health and wellness nut. Some people call me a guru. I think she's more of a guru than I am, <laughs> uh, cause she may know a little bit about blending talk therapy, you know, helping you move forward, right? Positive change. Okay. She's assisted. I don't even know how many clients with this. And I love geeking out about helping people like crack that nut and really unlock their true potential. Uh, We've all started at a different place, a quote that I've used for a long time, at a different place on the timeline of life. So like what I've done today is not what I did 5, 10, 15 years ago. And when people hear this on the show, remind yourselves that it's okay. You're just at an earlier place on the timeline. And you just have to find those next steps to unlock yourself as well. So there's a lot more about her. Uh, She's got a lot of knowledge around getting sober, right? There's different programs out there. I want to get into her and what she stands for. So without further ado, Dr. Callie Estes, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Scott. I am glad to be here and excited to be a co-host. This is new. Usually I'm an interviewee, but it's really cool to actually be the
0: co-host. I think you're way cooler to be a co-host. That's just how I like to rock the mics on my show. So, uh, I mean, yes, I'm excited to quote interview you, but I was like, no, I I've been rocking the mic for five years now. I speak on stages. I just want to have real conversations with people, you know, and hopefully that makes so I have my years.
1: As co-host, I have my very first question. Okay. Do I get a hat? I want a hat like that. This is live the fuel. You I want like to that, rock that, that hat. Uh, yeah, I, I like, I like
0: to fire people up. So actually, I think there's still a couple hats in the closet actually, yes. Cause I'm about to order new ones, but I can get you that. We can promise you on that. You're the, actually the, <laughs> In all these years, you're the only, only the fifth co-host to actually come right out and ask. And I tell people all the time, like, it's okay to ask. So,
1: of I'll, course, the worst you could do is tell me no. That's your hat. Oh, and I don't, I, I don't, me
0: around, I don't, I don't, I don't mess around with my swag. I'm all about getting, you gotta get your stuff on everything, you know. But there you go. Maybe, the, maybe the next hat round, I might put some fuel up on the hats. I don't know. It's just that's the fun of marketing. So but we can like help you. So very cool. I'll, I'll have my VA set that up. So listen, you you know about drugs, alcohol, addiction. There's all kinds of professionals out there, right? I mean, so my my immediate question of my co-host is, one, actually before the question, I'll say statement. You've definitely differentiated yourself. You've definitely gotten yourself out there. And you've done things a little bit differently than most. Like, for example, part of your whole backstory is you actually got involved with somebody of an addictive persuasion per se how how would you like to define it? let's just jump into that
1: <laughs> so okay so I met my husband he's a musician he's a touring musician uh drummer yeah. and yeah. he would do you know a little coke here a little alcohol there but he wasn't off the rails and as I started building my private practice he started using oxy which led to heroin which led to fentanyl which led to overdoses car crashes and a carjacking so that was the permission. Um, and I learned pretty quickly that being in the thick of it, in the weeds, shall we say, you can't help other people when you're in the weeds. So I had to pull out and bring in professionals to do what I do because I thought, well, you know, I'm good. I can do this. Right. And your little ego brain goes, I could do this. You know, it's like trying to get your sister or your mom on a diet. They want to lose 10 pounds and you tell them what to do and they don't do it. and It's your fault.
0: What's the saying? Right? Uh, it's easier to help a perfect stranger than the pers- person closest to you.
1: Um, Absolutely correct. Yeah. I, I failed. Did. I failed miserably.
0: And you know, I realized over the years too. It's like my own family. Like everybody's like, "Oh man, you must have great genetics." We actually literally <laughs> had this conversation last night. I was grilling steak and and, uh, and a great dinner for friends coming over. We had just friends who they're from Turkey, but they live here. They're citizens here now. They were gone for three months, so I was like, "Hey guys, come on over. You know, bring your kids." I don't have kids, but I was like, "You, you do you." You know, they're like, it's okay to bring the kids over. I was like, yeah, my wife and I can handle it. And there's <laughs> children everywhere. And I'm like, this is why I don't have them. But that aside, <laughs> we're dog parents. Um, but the funny thing was, he's like, man, he's like, I want to, uh, his wife is like, oh, your your veins. I'm just like having a drink and, and the veins are popping out of my arm. And I'm like, well, it's warm out. She's like, but the veins, her Turkish accent. I was like, <laughs> I was like. Where are we going with this?
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't have
0: any, tra- I don't have any track marks. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm not, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, you fit. I said, oh, thank you. She's like, oh, your whole family? I said, no, <laughs> no. Like, I, I love my parents. I love my brother. I love my sister. When we were younger, they all looked like me. They just went down a different path. And we grew up on a farm. I was born in New Jersey, dairy farm, all that. And I'm like, guys, my own family doesn't listen to me. They say that's easier said than done or, oh, that's easy for you. And I said, no, the only difference between me and you is I mentally flipped that switch a long time ago and said, I will always put my health first. That's why with this show and what Live the Fuel stands for, right? It's health, business and lifestyle. Health comes first for me. So I wanted to get that out there with you today because- yeah, you can help all these strange people. People want to pay you, hire you, whatever. But the people you care the most about, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Ugh.
1: It is. And my second book, uh, Seven Keys to Tap into the Wealth Inside You, the first chapter is called Eat Your Broccoli. Mm. And it talks about you cannot pour from an empty cup if you're not health and, healthy and well, how are you going to help other people? You have to eat well. You have to work out. You have to handle your mental hygiene. You have to do these things. Otherwise, you're going to be burnt out and then you're not good to anybody.
0: I love that you already brought that up early in the show. So, I, because like I don't really script anything, I don't run formats, but that's something else I've had to remind good friends of mine who now have kids and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, I can't speak to the children thing okay but i'll speak to let's go big picture responsibilities right the responsibilities maybe to your employees or to your children or to maybe my own parents right like if i don't put my health first how am i supposed to help all these other people so i love that because you were probably draining yourself trying to help him right
1: well, I was draining myself trying to help everybody. And I said, well, wait a minute. You know, I've got clients over here. I have my husband over here. We're, we're dog parents as well. So we've got three dogs or, you know, running around the country doing all this stuff. And I said, i got to take time for me. Yeah. And then I started scheduling acupuncture and massage. And cool. like Friday, I went and got a two-hour massage in the salt room. And my staff is like, what do you mean? You're just taking it off. I'm like, you guys got this? Yeah. Um, don't call me. Phone is off for two hours. I will reach out to you when I'm done. And it. sure enough, they handled it. And it was just like, wow, we did it without you. Of course you did. You don't need me. I've got to recharge.
0: It's scary sometimes to delegate or to hand off. But I love that you you also realize that. By the way, hands down, two-hour massage, strong work. I have committed to no less than 90s. Unless for some reason my therapist is just overbooked and she can only get me in for a 60, but – my wife uses the same therapist that I turned her on to. She's like she's, I was like, I'm, not, I'm the kind of guy. I don't, I'm not into the foo foo, soft, touchy pokey thing. I'm like, no, 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 make me, make me cry. It's okay. I'll get in there, man. Just get. Just get she's like, are you masochistic? I was like, I'm like, no. I'm just. If I'm gonna pay for it, I want you to break out all the demons, man. Let it all out. And she will. She'll dig in on you. I love it. She, and my wife's like, I don't understand how you go 90 minutes. I said, I just flipped that switch and committed. And this is the first year I'll I'll be 45 this month. And this is the first year of my life where I finally have said, okay, monthly I was already doing Cairo, but then I wasn't doing massage. And I said, what am I doing? The massage loosens everything up for the Cairo. So now I'm like, that's it. There is massage and chiropractic every single month. And my friend's like, Oh, you go to a doctor too? I was like, no. Like, what do you mean? It's like, you don't need it. I didn't break anything. I didn't tear anything. I was like, why am I going? No offense to the MDs. I have friends who are MDs. I'm like, like, even my own buddy, he's an MD. He's like, yeah, come to me when you got a problem. I was like, if I had a problem, yeah, now as you're getting older, you should probably do like an annual checkup or something like that. you know. But I don't I don't have pharmaceuticals. I don't have all those really, really bad things you mentioned earlier. Um, I did collapse a, a, a lung. and have to have lung surgery a year and a half ago. And they oh, try to wow. give me those pain meds. And I'm like, I told the nurses, I was like, <laughs> you're not giving me that. And she's like, why? I was like, I'm addicted to like adrenaline junkie sports. That's like all my wall art is skiing and, and mountain biking. Like I race and sports and stuff over the years. I was like, I don't want that. And they said, well, you don't really have a choice. And I was like, oh, really? I don't have a choice of what goes into my body. This is going to be a fun discussion. I've got a chest tube hanging out of my ribs. And they're like, you know, we need to prep you for surgery. And I was like, as long as we under the agreement that you're not slacking me with all kinds of dangerous drugs. And they said, well, you have to be able to rest and recover. I'm like, we'll figure that out after the surgery. Let's, let's figure how far that goes, you know? And I just, I just don't like that stuff. Years ago, I had shoulder surgery and they put me on a Percocets. Are those still a thing? They're still a thing. Okay. I remember having those for like two days post-surgery. I, my family who picked me up said I was so out of it that I I had a whole arm sling, but I woke up, took my belt off, and beat my alarm clock because I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. And I said, that's it. I'm never taking stuff like that again. <laughs>
1: that's, so,
0: that's weird. Like, you can't just hit the button on the alarm clock. you got to beat it with your belt, like with one good arm. That doesn't sound normal.
1: <laughs> so, Scott, you don't make a good drug
0: addict. No. Can't you just say? No, no. Okay, so, so thank you for confirming that.
1: There you go. Yep.
0: You've, you've so I'm on the right path.
1: Trying. So give it up. Move on to something else.
0: <laughs> Thank you for re- reconfirming my commitments. <laughs> I've never done a hard drug in my entire life. So
1: it's interesting because most adrenaline junkies, so the stuff you do is very cocaine based. So if you if I, if you came to me and said what would be my drug of choice, it would probably be cocaine or speed or meth because wow. that's adrenaline junkie. The drugs they gave you are drugs that bring you down and take the control away from you. I didn't so like losing control. Process.
0: I didn't like losing yeah. control. There you go. <laughs>
1: that's it. That's it. So that's actually true. So I see that in my work. People that don't like to lose control will gravitate towards the uppers. Hmm. And those that like to just go, all right, take me away. I don't want to deal with life. It's all the downers, the alcohol, the Xanax, the opiates, the weed. They go that direction. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Where, so uh, let's. you just dropped a bomb right there. I got, I got a pause on it the weed subject. Let's hit on that. Cause I, I like Joe Rogan you know, I don't know why automatically half of us have to relate to that. Um, but the CBD industry has become quite impactful, right? That's without the THC, but I've also, because of me being a former, I was a former federal wildland firefighter. That's what the book, uh, the Those are like the elite wildland firefighters out West. I did that. And, so it really helped me connect a lot with extreme military professionals and stuff like that just because of doing crazy dangerous things that could kill you. And uh, they talk a lot about the influence of either marijuana or CBD-based products, doing a lot of research into this to try and help with people coming back with PTSD and stuff like that. And I know, because I love our military, the people who risk their lives to keep a, you know, freedoms and safety, etc. It's like, How do we address that? Because I know that's a big issue too, right? The addictions, when they come back stateside, they're either amputated or injured or permanently mentally jacked and the programs aren't there. I mean, is there some realignment in that sector because it's not considered a hard drug? It's it's a different world. It hits your synapses differently. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So I got in trouble on the Dr. Drew show with that exact question uh-huh. because I, was on podcast, <laughs> I am pro-cannabis. He was anti-cannabis. So we had a huge debate going on. Oh,
0: that, I've always i got to look that up. So much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, to debate with him was a whole other level. But
0: I mean, he's good. Cannabis, he's good. He's
1: very good. He's very good. But for me, and I said this on there, if it is plant-based, if it's natural, I agree with it. So where you look at Oxy or Percocet or, you know, some of the harder drugs, they're not natural. Mm. They're chemically made big pharma. They are no good for you. But something like marijuana is all natural. So if you're going to get a Xanax to calm down or an edible to calm down, I would rather you take an edible than a Xanax.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, actually, it's funny. So I don't really talk about on the show much, but I don't care. I, I work for myself. What am I going to do? Fire myself? Uh, When I go skiing in Colorado, I used to live in Colorado. After firefighting and being based out of Arizona, they shipped us all over the West. And after I seeing all of the Western U.S., I I moved to Colorado. They had just legalized it when I was living out there years ago. Uh, Now it's legal here uh, medically in Pennsylvania where I live. And now they've legalized it in New Jersey and New York. So... I agree with you. I said, listen, as a guy who's never done a hard drug other than what the hospitals try and put in me post-surgery from a gentle and junkie stupidity or or adventures, whatever you want to call that. Uh, <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's plant-based. Now, you talk to people and they're like, Well, technically all drugs are plant-based, aren't they? And I said, No, okay, let's let's pause on that. What you take those ingredients and then do in a lab is that is so far from its original strains of plant-based, quote plant-based, I was like, I don't know about that. I was like, at least marijuana. You could literally go take the leaf, dry it on your porch and grind it up and burn it. I don't know. I mean, or and now obviously they can make it oils and stuff like that nowadays too. But again, the <laughs> level of manufacturing that changes these things. Uh like I love that. What's those new documentaries or new uh ones, uh Dope Sick and um There's a lot of great documentaries that have come out about the drug industry. And you're not seeing that type of stuff in the negative news around marijuana. It's just not the same. I I agree with you. (laughs) Sorry, Dr. Drew.
1: (laughs) I was one of the first people to, I had a house in Colorado, out in Longmont, which is next to Boulder.
0: I lived in Golden.
1: Okay. And I would bring people out to detox them there off of opiates. So I would use (laughs) medical marijuana to get them off of heroin, oxyroxymorphine morphine And I was getting results. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying, well, how can you do that? It's controversial. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, you're taking all these opiates, you're taking the metal, you can yeah. pick and choose. And then they said, well, you should use Suboxone and methadone. And I said, that's all big pharma. Yeah. If you see what that does to your body over a long-term period of time, it destroys your body. Mm. And they would say, well, you know, you need to get on Suboxone and stay on that. Well, why? Why would you say on that long-term, it's still an opiate. Why don't we get you on something natural and then go from there?
0: The same so- conversation, like, before we hit the mics today, people who know my show and been listening for a while, they know I'm good buddies with Vinny Tortorich. He's the guy, you know, I'm talking earlier. He's good buddies with Drew and his wife. He's good buddies with Adam Crowley. He guest stars on all their shows. They're all, he, you know, he's the former secret trainer in L.A. He now lives on the East Coast here in Virginia, though. He got tired of L.A. Um, but, and Vinny's a hard gore. That's why Dr. Drew and him, they they're hardcore anti-marijuana, too. Like, Vinny's literally never done a drug in his life. He's never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked a cigarette. So we have a lot of similarities. But I've at least done marijuana. I don't care. So, But I, 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 didn't, even, I didn't even try that, God, until I was 30. It was the first time I ever even tried it. And that was after completing a 100-mile bike ride, raising money for MS. And the one doctor lawyer dudes I was biking with had brownies. And I was like, aren't you guys too professional for this? And I'm the young guy in the group, and they're and like, "Did
1: you do the Did you do the City to Shore?"
0: Yeah, I did it for like six, six years straight.
1: I did that once, once, oh, yeah. once. I made it to New Jersey once.
0: Well, they, yeah. yeah, so so great. I mean, it's an amazing event, by the way. Uh, I do miss it. I did it probably for six years with those guys, and they're all like professional people. And I that's why yeah, no. that's why when they they offered me a brown a magical brownie, I'm like, "We still got to bike back 75 miles tomorrow," <laughs> and I was like. This is not how I do my sports. So and then they're like, dude, listen, young pup. These guys are all like 50s and 60s. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, you're a strong cyclist, but you need to just grow up. And I, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm surrounded by professional people. There's at least a doctor in the group. I will at least try a small amount of brownie. And that was the first time I ever had marijuana. And again, we had did we did the extra. MS-150 loop that gave us 100 miles on day one. That's the, These kind of guys are my kind of people. I was so surprised that they wanted me to do that. I was like, okay, I don't care. Like, I, I don't give in to peer pressure. No one's ever made me do anything. I'm the one that does the crazy stuff all by myself. <laughs> 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 but like my wife, so my wife is very intelligent, right? Uh, uh, God, Cornell, UPenn, she's an equine horse veterinary doctor, also doctor of chiropractic, and... She's like, I don't understand why people are afraid of weed. And she's Ivy League educated. So <laughs> so we we align a lot of this stuff of stuff. But again, that wasn't the point of today's podcast. Like, We're not here just to talk about marijuana. But we're talking about the, the dangers of these hard drugs. And I loved your point about why be on a big pharma product for possibly the rest of your life. I mean, that's something that that's why I kind of slid Vinny back in there. Because Vinny, Drew, and Adam are always talking about how... For example, the topic of type two diabetes, that is a man-made created problem. We created that. My own father has type two diabetes. He never had it until nine years ago. Why? Because he got fat. He got overweight. He was, he was eating processed foods, all this bad stuff. When we grew up on the farm, my whole family looked like the way I do today. They were lean, healthy, fit. So I was like, what happened? You changed what you were putting into your body. And now he's on these diabetic drugs and- Vinny and Drew and, and they all like, guys, like it's reversible. It's been proven actually already. Yes. Type two diabetes can be reversed. It can be per quote. I hate to use the word cured. I'm not a doctor, but uh, I like to go with reverse, right? You could reverse it. You could fix the mistakes that you made. So I totally agree with you, and they agree with you. Like getting on a hard drug or a reversing drug, or whatever you call those things that you were talking about that you have to be on the rest of your life, that doesn't sound like you're fixing anything. You're just moving on to a different product that now you have to be stuck on for years to come. It doesn't make sense to me.
1: Well, you have to keep in mind, and the same thing with the diabetes, is the people that create the problem then offer the solution to the problem. Hmm. So they make money on the front end and money on the back end. Oh, yeah. So you've got the people pumping out the Oxy and the Roxy and the Dilaudid and the morphine. Here, get addicted to this. You get the person addicted to it. Boom. Here's your solution. Let's make oxy. Mm-hmm. So let's get you addicted and let's solve it. You know, here's a donut. Let's get you addicted to sugar. And then let's, of course, give you that product to fix the sugar problem.
0: Oh, I, so- I teach you that all the time. Like, you don't think that the sugar industry is in bed with big pharma. Oh, Everybody's yeah. unhealthy on excessive sugar, which means now I got to take all these drugs. Hello? Billion, billion dollar relationship right there. Yeah.
1: When I work with my clients, and this is a unique thing I do, I require them to come off of all sugar and all white flour along with whatever drugs. And they always say to me, I can't do that. I'm not giving it all up. And I say, listen, you're going to detox either way. And it's going to be rough. So why don't we just do it all at the same time? And you're going to feel like a million bucks when we do it.
0: That is hard. I got to say, though, that sounds hardcore. I mean, because I've it seen people coming off of sugar. I mean, you could actually, you're the addiction expert, right? Sugar's more addicting than cocaine. That's been thrown around casually, but there's actual doctors and scientists who have actually confirmed it. They said the way that fires things up in your brain, am I wrong on this?
1: You're right. And it detoxes in the body like heroin. Ooh. I came off it when I was 23, kicking and screaming. So I was on the floor for almost three days. Coming off sugar, swearing I was going to die with my results. So, so,
0: so the addiction is similar to cocaine. The detox process so, is similar to. Interesting. Right. Anyway.
1: So the sugar pings your brain like cocaine. It gives you that euphoria rush, right? I feel amazing. Then you crash because yep. of the insulin. But coming off, you have a headache, you have nausea, you have addedonia, which is like confusion, just like heroin. Mm-hmm. You can have some vomiting, you have diarrhea. You have all the symptoms, sweating, fevers, chills, same thing as heroin, not on the same scale, but the same symptoms. The difference is the detox for heroin is actually quicker. It's more intense, but it's quicker. It's three to four days. That detox for sugar is like a two week detox. Then you have to teach people how to eat because they're craving all this garbage. So you take them to the grocery store and you say, okay, let's look at yogurt. And they're like, okay, you'll play you know, I'm gonna get sued one day by one of these companies. Eh. And you flip it over and it's sugar
0: yeah.
1: as the first ingredient. And they're going, Well, I didn't know that had sugar in it. So I take them over to the Greek yogurt with no sugar. Yeah, try and, and find a full fat that. product. Right. And they go, Well, there's no fruit in this. I'm like, well, there's no fruit in yogurt; It's basically sugar water, right?
0: If you went so back we in time when yogurt was figured out, because I grew up on a dairy farm. Uh-huh. That's an added product. It's just supposed to be a beautiful, rich, full fat product. That's all it is. That's what's one thing about Greek even Greek yogurt, you gotta watch out for it now, right? Because they people are still being taught they think that fat is bad. That's forty years of miseducation. And so the reason why all the fats are gone out of our food and the sugar addiction has increased is because the food tasted like ass. <laughs> so they said, we took all the flavor out. We took all the healthy fats. So now we got to backfill it with sugar, alcohols, and chemicals, or, or pure white cocaine sugar, whatever you want to call it, just to get you to taste or get something addictive. Well, just take all the sugar back out, put the healthy fats back in, and we can fix a lot of heart disease, diabetes, and, or maybe even help these people who are trying to come off of the hard drugs and stuff too, right? Give them something to enjoy.
1: Well, when I take them off of the sugar, their craving for alcohol and opiates goes down. Instantly. interesting. so i'm working on a white paper to explain that because there's a correlation in the brain with the neurotransmitters mm-hmm. with the dopamine rush so when i take you off the that. sugar you're not craving alcohol all of a sudden so yep. people that say and i and this is how i explain it i asked somebody you know do you, you know how you crave ice cream right you go oh, i just want an ice cream well ice cream isn't a food it's a food like product So you don't really crave ice cream you're craving something in there maybe it's fat maybe it's sugar maybe it's calcium so i say let's start with calcium maybe your calcium's low why don't you have a bowl of broccoli Mm -hmm. and they look at me like i'm crazy and i say well there's more calcium in broccoli than ice cream so let's start there so i'll have them experiment they'll have a bowl of, of broccoli i'll make them wait 30 minutes and i'll say are you craving ice cream if they say no then it's all chemistry. Mm-hmm. Now I know you're chemically craving certain things in alcohol versus emotional. If I can break your chemical first, I can do talk therapy and and do the rest of it the emotional. But I have to fix your chemical first. I can't just do talk therapy if you're physically craving something.
0: Right, I love it. Your body's
1: not; it, it's not producing the right stuff.
0: Well, it, it's like <laughs> I have I've tested this theory because uh, I, I live Vinny's lifestyle. So I mean, people are like, what is your lifestyle? I'm like. Good whole deep nutritious food. Like what does that mean? Like mean, no, I'm granted meat me right now. I've been past a year I've been really testing the I don't know, you want to brand it keto carnivore, carnivore keto, whatever. The point is, is like, okay. Uh I like Vinny's little joke. He's like, listen, everything else on the plate, that's just meat jewelry. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I mean, but I I have I have listeners that are vegetarian and vegan. I respect your choices. Um But one of his little examples, I I get a kick out. I think he said it on Dr. Drew's show was, he goes, listen, he's like, I tell a women's group, they're like, well, you know, is it okay to have ice cream once in a while? Like back to your point on the calcium thing and stuff like that. He goes, I'd rather see you be consuming cruciferous vegetables. And like, what do you mean? What's that? He's like, broccoli, cauliflower. And like, well, that's not exciting. He's like, (laughs) You want to lose weight and get healthy. It's not always exciting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so health problems or no health problems. It might not be exciting, but I'll take no health problems. And I have friends of mine that bust on me too. They're like, dude, you don't really have a very exciting lifestyle. I'm like, so I don't have to go to a doctor on a regular basis. I, For fun, I just – by chiropractic care and massage therapy. I built my own gym because I got bored because I have so much energy that I needed to work out more. I'm literally, my new home here, I have three acres of woods all around me. I'm building my own mountain biking trail and hiking loop by hand. And my friends are like, you're weird. And I said, okay. And then I, I something I, two of my good friends last night, they're like, so you don't drink beer anymore? That's not exciting. And I said, Yeah. Because beer is liquid grains. Grains get converted to sugar. So I've already cut all the bad sugar out of my life. I don't literally, I don't eat or buy sugar. Yes, I do drink alcohol. That's alcohol is a toxin, but I'm not putting all the bad crap in with it. I drink pure scotch, vodka or tequila. That's it. You know? And then if, if my wife and I are on a special occasion, nice dinner, I'll have a glass of red wine. That's it. So that's sugar. But I mean, I don't, other than that, I don't have any additives and this, that, and the other thing. And they're like, well, that's not very fun. And I said, but I know if I put that stuff in my body, my body's so clean. All my transmitters, my neuro, all that stuff, it gets lit up in a bad way. And that's something I love to teach people. I'm like, dude, if you just commit to slowly cleaning things out, your body and your brain will start talking to you. How do, how do you talk to that? Because I'm always trying to find other ways to get that through to people. It's like you don't understand your brain, all your sensories, they're numb. They're so overwhelmed with the sugars and the bad oils and all this crap. When you start slowly phasing that crap out, your taste buds literally get healed. And it's a whole different playing game. How how do you explain that to people?
1: So, well, the first thing I tell people is when you grocery shop, you go around the outside of the store. Oh yeah, Everything in the aisles is food-like product. So it's not food anymore. So you're really not consuming food.
0: It's manufactured garbage.
1: Second thing I teach them is society tells us fun is centered around two things, alcohol and sugar. When you go to a birthday party, what do they serve?
0: Cake, When you go to a wedding,
1: what do they serve?
0: Cake, cupcakes. I mean, they have a dinner first at the wedding, but then yes, it's like, it's a buildup. And then they roll out the giant circus cake. I call. It. Actually, I was just at the most bougiest wedding I've ever been to. They must have spent a quarter million dollars. It was out in Long Island, New York. It was a castle. I don't. It's not my thing. I had to get. I had to get a tux. I mean, we we looked great, but I was like, dude, what? A, this is a different world. I'm like, what's going on? And and anyway, so it was bougie, and yet yeah, they rolled out this obnoxious cake, and I was like, to like, you're not going to have any. I was like, no, I don't like cake, and also. You served me, like I was finishing people's extra filet mignon. Like they were, because they were eating all the crap before dinner and then they were full. Uh-huh. And I was just waiting for the main entree. So my wife gives me half of her filet. I was like, I'll take all the good stuff, man. Yeah, they're, they're out there waiting to get their cake because then they start crashing, you know, after uh-huh. dancing. And I'm going all night long. I was, I'll dance. Look, I'm good, but I'm not going to crash off of your sugar highs of the pre dinner cupcakes and the mixed drinks. And then you got the circus cake, and I'm like, nah, you do you. But
1: you see the societal expectation, right? Yeah. Appetizer tray comes around, and you're expected to take an appetizer. Yeah. They're never healthy, right? Yeah. And then it's a cocktail, right? It's, you know, who's drinking what cocktail? Yeah. You have that. Or and champagne then have-
0: fountains, you know.
1: <laughs> yep. Then you have dinner and then it's cake and cupcakes and donuts and whatever not that that whole thing is a social idea. And when we have dinner, friends over for dinner, where do we congregate? In the kitchen. We're always standing around the kitchen. next well, to
0: HGTV, meat. because now everybody has the big kitchens, the big islands. Like you know, if you have an old house and you're remodeling it, you gotta have the big kitchen because that's where everybody's gonna mm-hmm. hang out.
1: <laughs> yep. So all this up is food and alcohol. So what happens is people get addicted, you know, they start with, okay, I'll have a cupcake. And then it's, oh, no, this weekend, I got so-and-so's birthday, so-and-so's wedding, I'll just have two cupcakes. Next thing you know, you're eating cupcakes all the time, and you don't know how you got there. And it's the same thing with drugs and alcohol. It starts off in moderation. I'll have a little. And next thing you know, it's like, uh Mm uh-oh. And with COVID, we produced so many alcoholics over COVID because people were locked in their house. Is there there numbers
0: on that? Because I was worried about that. Yeah.
1: We went up to 1 in 5 people became wow. addicted. To is this, drugs this and alcohol. is this a
0: USA stat or worldwide?
1: This is a Samsha stat, which is our governing board.
0: Okay.
1: It's called samsha, samsha.gov. Okay. So 1 in 5 became out, um, addicted, 1 in 7 became mental health.
0: Wow. So you're
1: looking at that many people just from the lockdown alone from COVID.
0: That's scary. So
1: our business tripled in 2020 and 2021 because people started calling, going, I'm not an alcoholic, but I don't know how to stop drinking. What do I do? How do I go from drinking a six pack of beer a day to zero?
0: Yeah, you know, I'll pick on my own state on that note. Pennsylvania, with the the lockdowns, right? They started, everything was closed. And then, oh, okay. Well, the big grocery stores are allowed to be open, but not the small shops, right? And which again, big business. But then, that's a whole different podcast. Uh, but then, Pennsylvania, you can't buy hard alcohol unless you go to a state-owned store. Like we're old school. Like so, you can go to any brew through, which those things were cranking, because then they de- they deemed them an essential business. I was like. Oh.
1: So you got I have people, to tell you why. You've got have trapped you in their why. home,
0: but we're going to make alcohol an essential because they just want you to feel better. I was like, yeah, but you know the long-term ramifications of temporarily feeling better, right?
1: <laughs> so Pennsylvania had something unique happen. An attorney filed a loophole injunction against the state because this is what he said. If you're an alcoholic and you go into detox, you will die. Therefore you are required to maintain a blood alcohol level. And then you saw all the state stores open and the drive throughs open down here in Florida. We barely close. Oh so we God. were like, you know, Florida's the Mecca for drugs and alcohol. So we were like, wow, Pennsylvania, you can't get your dental work done, but you can drive through and get a bottle of tequila.
0: That annoyed the hell out <laughs> of me because my, one of my good cycling buddies is, a de- is my dentist. And it, it, it was killing him. He's an older dentist. He was like, his business was getting destroyed. And I'm like, I don't understand this. I can go to a wait in line at a state liquor store, but I can't get my teeth cleaned. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? Uh, yeah. And by the way, people don't know this. Dentists have one of the highest rates of suicide next to horse doctors, which I learned from my wife as well. I was like, okay, that's really weird. But um, just and state a, troopers. What's that?
1: State troopers is the other one.
0: State police, really?
1: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah.
0: That high up there. I mean, because they have a dangerous job. But.
1: That, and it's constant backlash from the top down, top down, top down. Oh. And then the public doesn't want to be pulled over. You get pulled over, and what happens? You get the rude
0: person. I just so – I, I, A I, just- I,
1: little
0: screen share here. There's Samsha. I, I I didn't know what you were saying. I had to Google it. So
1: Yeah. Sam, so Shamsa, Samsha is our governing board for drug and alcohol for mental health. They are the government that basically says – Statistics are coming out. What are we going to do? Where are we going to send our grant money? They send grant money to every state for certain things. So for example, in Nebraska, they sent so much money for training and we have a grant in Nebraska to train counselors in Alaska. We trained all the first responders. So all the police, all the firefighters, all the EMT, all the search and rescue. We trained all of them in the largest grant in history. And that was to teach them about uh, mental health, drugs, and alcohol to bring them up to speed. What am I looking at? How do I know the difference between somebody on synthetic drugs versus someone on methamphetamine? How do I know when someone's an alcoholic and doesn't just need to sit in the drunk tank? So we actually teach that. We have a first responder training all around the world now. It's we have in Jersey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, uh, <laughs> luckily, I mean, I was on a 20 man fire, while in fire crew, you know, one of the Lee Hotshot crews and, We're we're a federal entity, but we didn't have access to all that support because we were seasonal. So, like, the core of the crew, they're the year-round full-time federal wildland firefighter, like, you know, the squad bosses, the superintendent. And then the way that world works is they just hire on for the, the hottest time of the year, the summer out west. They just hire on your seasonal crew. They beat the living snot out of you for six months. So, like, what normal people do... And like a normal nine to five or with two weeks of paid, you, you do the math of those hours, two weeks of paid vacation a year for, a, you know, a corporate job. Take all those hours, cram that into six months. Like we were doing 16 hour shifts and you went for two weeks straight until you earned your days off <laughs> because you ha- they had to give you days off for health reasons. Now, back in the day, it was 21 days straight. You would do 21 fire rolls and wow. then they gave you your days off. Then they realized, oh, we're literally like destroying people mentally physically and yeah by the end of the year you're you're just you're by the end of the summer you're just screwed i mean i didn't want to go to a gym i didn't want to go on a hike i was like you're just physically and mentally exhausted so that job and then, then now add that in with military uh people on like navy seals all these types of extreme you know like you said law enforcement uh, again uh, fdny right you're you're not recording this right after 9 11 anniversary I can't even imagine the level of addiction that came out of that event. All these crazy extreme things. So ba- thank you for everything you guys do. It's awesome. Yeah. So, luckily none of my people I've worked with to date that I know of <laughs> have had any major issues. Now I also know that five guys on my 20-man crew all came from different native tribes. Uh, you know, Native American tribes in this country. They taught me so much about their culture, the tribes, everything else. And I know that if you're on the res, quote the res. Addiction is rampant. Alcoholism is the primary drugs are secondary. And it was so depressing learning this. Uh, It was, you hear about it, but it's not, I don't think it's really properly spread or educated. So um, that is, do you guys reach into those domains too? Or is that because I I know the the res is so, so different. So,
1: so they get grants too. So we do two things. We go in and we do coaching and therapy with them. And then we also do training of their people. So, I have a whole training company where we go in and we teach addictions counseling, we teach recovery coaching, intervention, all that kind of stuff.
0: Is that on your and site too? Eight,
1: uh, it's on the Addictions Academy site.
0: Oh, okay. So, I, ha- I had your addictions coaching site up, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, The theaddictioncoachonline.com. That's your main site. Uh, what was the other one?
1: Yeah. Uh, the Addictions Academy. Okay. Plural. And we do all kinds of training. So, we have 38 different classes, we are in 28 countries. Oh, wow. Uh, five languages, anything you can think of, we do. We do a lot of grants with federal grants. We do all the reservations. We've done North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Alaska, Canada. We're in Canada. Wow. And then we come in and we train, you know, individuals, but we also train teams to work with their specific population and what they're looking to do and to how to help.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you guys, wow, you. Yeah, you are well-structured.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've been around 10 years. Uh, we started off offering one class and that quickly grew to, hey, can you teach this? Sure. Hey, can you teach that? Sure. Hey, can you try that? No problem. Our biggest one is the Department of Justice in DC. Really? They hired us for prison reentry. Yeah, so we do- Oh, knew- that's huge, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We have the whole country now. We do prison reentry in every state. Anybody with a felony can get state-funded training. They go to their VR, um, which is vocational rehab apply for it and they pay us to train the person in prison reentry or counseling or whatever they want to learn.
0: So the addictions Academy, that's only about 10 years old,
1: 10 years old. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's how long ago I fought fire. So, uh, but I will tell you, one, two, three, four guys on my crew were all former cons that they, they taught me this too, but because it happened in Arizona, what's, the, what's the really bad drug in Arizona? It's, um, it's meth
1: Meth
0: right now. Yeah. So it was then too. Uh, so, so like the <laughs> one dude had this most epic beard because I found out after the first year of serving with him, he decided to shave the beard off and his face was all pitted. Right. Yeah. Um, so each guy had a different connection to meth. One was a dealer. One was a bad user. You know, one was anyway. So all these guys are cooking that out West, like here in Jersey or PA, if you're a good convict still in the system, you might get some time for him to go outside and pick up litter and they take you to drive around in vans and you clean up the highways out there. You could get on a, you know, justice system run wild and firefighting crew just to help out and build some career experience. So that's how these guys got on my hotshot crews that they clean up the rack. They, they got support and therapy and training with probably stuff similar to what you guys are doing. And then they literally rebuilt themselves. And yeah. one guy has his own, now, private contracted firefighting company now. The other guy is now very high up in the state of I mean, I'm so proud of these guys I served with. It's funny because like I'm getting goosebumps to talk about. Like, It's just I didn't do it for very long, but they, I learned so much from this. When I see and hear people flipping their lives back around mm-hmm. and not just going sober, but just ripping the lid off and realizing they got a whole other life ahead of them, it's super empowering. I love seeing that. Love it.
1: Yeah. The success stories are why I do this. Mm-hmm. I still have clients that call me. I've been doing this at work 27 years. And I still have clients that call me and say, hey, I'm still sober. You know, I've got 15 years. I got 20 years. You know, I'm, I'm married. I have kids. I have this amazing job. I created this company. So that's very cool. It's very rewarding to hear you said something or did something. And sometimes it's not even a client. I just posted something on Facebook. Or I was, you know, I'm on TikTok running my mouth and bam, they heard something and they went, wow, I got to try that and did it. And then I get this DM that says, you don't know me, but something you said. And I'm going, I don't know what I said. Yeah, I just opened my mouth and stuff comes out. And I'm like, okay.
0: That's me. And
1: just, just, thank you. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. So it's neat. It's neat to be able to do this kind of work and not know who you're affecting or how many people you're affecting and how well they're actually doing with it.
0: Well, on that note, we only got about five minutes left of the show, so I, I love where you just ended up because, like, I mean, I, you literally, it, it's unlocking so many things. I keep forgetting, like, my wife has two good friends that one's been an AA for twenty years, and another friend had had a bad drug problem years ago. She's been clean for years, and it's so great to see people just commit and realize that yes, I don't, I can't be doing stuff like that. Um, like me, my addiction is is adrenaline junkie things, uh, or now podcasting. So uh, it, you confirmed earlier in the show, I definitely don't want to go anywhere near those things, and I'm glad I never did. <laughs> but what What is some – I always ask my guest co-hosts, like, what's an all-encompassing message you want to leave behind? What's your current legacy message that you're trying to do? For, I mean, because you got 27, 30 years going on this. Like, what's happening right now? Like, what do you – because of the pandemic, right now we're in 2022. Going to go 2023 in only a few months. What is, what is a big hitter for you right now? What What are you asking? What are you observing? What do you think? What do you want to leave behind, people?
1: So those are two different questions for me. So what are we working on now? Um, Unpause your life is my like life coaching. Take it to the next level, brand. Okay. So we are doing. I've got a podcast that I kind of let slide over COVID, but we're doing things to make your life to the next level, things to level up um, with some meditation and some harnessing, some energy and that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people, after they got sober, said, now what? What do I do now? So I wrote that book, The Seven Keys, back in 2018 or 2019 and didn't do anything with it. Right. So that's the next thing we're doing. Um, but so you're the-, the book <laughs> again too. Yeah, the book, the podcast, the whole concept. I'm going to do a video series, like how to – get your life to the next level nice and in terms of legacy i love the fact that i'm the first and so far the only one to do sober on demand where we bring the rehab to you anywhere anytime Mm. so you could literally call us and go i need detox and someone in my house and in 12 hours i can have a doctor a nurse a sober companion a therapist a massage yoga acupuncturist all in your house and we can do the rehab anywhere in the world
0: that's impressive That's very, sounds sounds very VIP. I mean.
1: It is VIP. I have all top celebrities, executives, NFL, NBA, um, really cool clients. And I don't know who they are till I meet them, which is really interesting. So they'll call and they'll say, you know, my name's Becky, for example, and this is what I need. And then we find out later that Becky is, you know, the top top artist or top female executive, whatever. It's really cool here I am just talking to them, like, you know, normal person. And then I find out they're huge.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it is true. High performers. Unfortunately, this is very common. I mean, I, I know I used to be in the corporate world before I gave it all up and did the firefighting thing. And then I came back East here and now I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I, I, I don't want to work for anybody else. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a lot of, yeah, that's why I put it all in a book. Cause I got tired of talking about it. And, you know, so it's cool that you can create something like that. Sober on demand was what I was just screen sharing. on. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this always goes up on YouTube so you'll be able to watch this stuff on video too. Or just go to our website, theaddictioncoachonline.com. Again, all this stuff is always linked in the show notes. But you have so many services on your site. I didn't even click on that one. I was looking at the couples retreats. And like I, I like the whole certified sober companions. I didn't even realize you had a full-blown like VIP. But yeah, there were some corporate execs I knew years ago. And I know today, 10, well, that's 15, 20 years ago there's a couple of people not doing well and they've had to go through programs to, cause they just, they push themselves to the limit, you know, back to our all encompassed message of this podcast, where right? It's like, you got to put your health and a healthy lifestyle first, or you're just going to burn out. You're just going to crash and burn. And it could affect, it could negatively affect your family, your children, your own company, your employees and, and beyond. And that's what I'm hearing from you is like, Hey, that's why you had to create sober on demand. <laughs> there's people who oh. want that. <laughs>
1: What they do is they take a break and go to an inpatient rehab for 30 days Mm -hmm. and they reset, but then they come out and go right back to what they were doing at the level they were and then they reset and inpatient treatment has 95% failure rate. You can put that up on stamps later. But so we go in and we say, let's learn how to live in the environment you're in, function at that high level, but let's get some work-like balance because that's what's wrong. You're right. work, 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 work. And then you're going, all right, now i got to get, you know, 10 strippers and a couple eight balls of coke just to calm down. And that's no good for you because that's not calming down. That's their idea of relaxation. And then I come in and I'm like, all right, you know, let's, let's kind of fix that, figure out what your stressors are lower your stressors. If we lower your stressors, you're going to lower your use. You know, you're not chopping at the bit to get away from work and the wife and the kids and the dog and her parents and your parents and whatever else is going on. I agree. We
0: have to heal, uh, eight balls of Coke and a 30 day run in a, in a healing center. That's short term. That's not long term. That's you're not getting a lot. You're not truly, there's no path to healing to make sure you don't go back into those negative places. Um, I, I love this. This is huge. Well, listen, we, we do have to bring the show to a close, but um, thank you for sharing these messages. That's why I'm glad we got you on because I want to make sure people know about all these different sites. So, again, you got the AddictionCoachOnline.com, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we've got the book. We're going to make sure a special link is in here just to get you right to the book, so you can get that as well. Because she's repushing that again. If you want to learn more about all these amazing, I didn't even realize like government uh, sponsored programs too through SAMSHA. That was Sam's show. That's S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov. I'll make sure that's in the notes. And then obviously the addictions academy is super cool too. Uh, I've learned so much today. This is great, Kelly. Um, Listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, the latest healthy co-host. Actually, I got more out of this than even I was was, was already expecting a lot. But I hope you guys got a lot of this too because this is no joke. I've had friends. I've had colleagues. I, I shared that. I was very transparent. We've all probably been affected or at least been around people who have struggled through this stuff. So make sure you're following Callie online because she's not messing around. (laughs) She's all in. You heard it. You got three decades of experience behind what she's doing. So ladies and gentlemen, remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Callie helped us do that today. Make sure you like her, follow her, score the book, check out the programs. And remember, sharing is caring. So share this stuff with people you know that might also be struggling with something in these domains. All right? So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, we're here to fuel your health business lifestyle. That was Dr. Callie Estes. Check her out. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.
1: Recording stopped.